Hello and welcome to episode four of the Kickback Pod. I am your host, uh, Josh Dominic. I'm here uh, fresh, feeling fresh. I just got back from a week of a uh, holiday, much needed holiday. I was in the Portuguese island of Madeira, which uh, happened to be the uh, birthplace of Cristiano Ronaldo, my favorite player of all time. Took a, I took a little uh, video next to his statue. Definitely life goal accomplished right there. Um, my, uh, I'm, I'm here with Fabian. He's still kind of on vacation. Um, still- yeah, I've been on vacation for the past three weeks. Uh, today was my first day back at work and I am still not back home. I am on the Canary Islands in an Airbnb working remote with a view of the beach, which, uh, I find more appealing than, uh, the view of the street that I have back in Berlin. So, um, yeah, I'm probably just going to stay here. A little while longer, but I'm also very happy to, to be back doing the pod with you. I think last, not last week's, two weeks ago was pretty good. Um, we don't have as juicy a news segment this week, but I still think it's a little interesting. But uh, I guess we'll just kick it off with the latest pickups first. Yeah, yeah. But before we do that, I actually just wanted to uh, give a quick shout out to uh, all the fans, everyone listening. Uh, thank you for all the feedback so far on the pod. And I also just wanted to ask you guys, if you if you do enjoy the pod, to uh, just give it a review on on the Apple's uh, on the Apple Music Store. Also, uh, can you give reviews on Spotify? Is that a thing? Uh, you can. I think you can follow us, and then that like makes us well, yeah yeah follow gain more sure, Spotify yeah. clout. But like, give us five stars everywhere you where you can give us five stars, and if you can give us more stars than five, then give us more stars than five. <laughs> yeah, really, really helps out the pod. And of course, like if you really are enjoying the pod, uh, just share it with your friends, anyone you know who's into sneakers. Uh, it really helps us out. Uh, yeah, thank you guys uh, for all the feedback so far. Really appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, so let's get kind of start off the way we always start off. So let's talk about latest uh, pickups. Uh, I'll uh, do. You want to go first, Fabian? Um, yeah, I'll go first because mine is like it is a latest pickup, but it's not really a latest pickup and you'll understand why soon. It's a bit of a funny story. So as you know, we just talked about this before the Adidas confirmed app dropped in Europe. Right. And the first drop, right. Finally. And the first drop was the future craft from like 2016, 17, right? Like the, the retro of the OG, OG colorway. Exactly. The black with the green sole, the 4d, um, a shoe that I've wanted for a very, very long time because I'm a big fan of good-looking 4D sneakers. I say that because not all 4D sneakers are good-looking. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> I freaked out. I panicked. My size was sold out because I thought it was going to be a raffle style like on sneakers where it's random, but it was kind of like a first-come, first-serve random raffle. So I panicked. My size sold out. And then I saw that my girlfriend's size was still in stock. So I bought that one. And I, I actually got it and I was like, yes. And then I showed it to her and she was like, I don't like that shoe. <laughs> so I, I basically uh, took a W, but took an L. Uh, <laughs> the good thing is that um, I can either send it back or just like pass it on for retail. Uh, so if anyone is looking for a size EU 39, um, if my girlfriend Which doesn't is like want a, them. That's like a US six, six, six and a half. US I six, six, I believe. Six and yeah. A half. yeah. So if anyone's looking for that size and my girlfriend doesn't want them when we're back in Berlin in a month, 
hit me up on Instagram and you can have them for retail. <laughs> but yeah, that's it on my end. Like, I, so that's why I have a pickup, but not really a pickup. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I, I, I've, I've kind of been, I guess, taking my mind off of sneakers in the last week while I was on holiday. But uh, while I was away, I did actually cop a few, a couple of pairs. And then I came back home and they had a couple of boxes waiting for me. Uh, one of them was a big disappointment. The other one was, wait, what, what, what's like the opposite of big disappointment? Like pleasant surprise, I guess. Yeah, or, like, a, I don't like know. A, or just like a fulfilling feeling, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got to look up the dictionary for that one. But yeah, so basically one was a big disappointment. The other was a complete opposite of disappointment. And uh, the first, so the first one basically was the, uh, the Dunk High Syracuse. Uh, so this was, in my opinion, like the best colorway on a dunk. We had the lows drop last year. I was, I'm, you, you guys know, I love dunk highs a lot more than I do dunk lows. So this was a colorway I was looking forward to. I knew that it would be one of those general release dunks. So I was kind of, you know, iffy about what the quality would be like. And unfortunately the quality was just as garbage as I expected it to be. Terrible, terrible quality. It's, I don't even think they used leather on the shoe. It kind of feels like plastic. So unfortunately, I won't be keeping these. Uh, I will probably be dropping a review on my channel uh, probably tomorrow. Uh, or actually, wait, I don't, I don't know. Whenever we're going to upload this pod, it might not be tomorrow. It might already be uploaded. But either way, like that's a sneaker that very disappointed with. Good colorway, but horrible, horrible quality. The other sneaker that I managed to hit on actually on the confirmed app was um oh wait i i have it right here wait let, let me guess was it the um oh no i i saw a little bit it's a 350 v2 right or no no it's no. a 380 no no it's the uh the ah yeah the, yeah yeah okay the 700 uh cream so this sneaker like uh i mean 700 hype definitely not where it once was uh definitely in my opinion the best 700 of all time was that og static pair but yeah. after getting these in hand, oh my god! Like I love this shoe so much, man. Like it's it's such a nice cream. This cream colorway, is super super clean, and like I, it might just be my favorite Yeezy since the seven hundred V three, the OG colorway drop, like the Azales. Mm -hmm. This is actually this one. I gotta say, it's probably my favorite Yeezy since then. Um, and I was thinking like, this might just become like one of my most worn, like everyday beater type of shoes. Um, uh, when I, when I was, when I went on holiday, actually, I was looking for like a sneaker in my collection that I could bring on holiday that was like super comfortable that I could wear with any outfit and would still kind of have a little bit of hype. Right. And I noticed that like, I don't think I even have a sneaker like that. Like all my sneakers are either like, they either like way too colorful. So you can only rock it with like certain outfits. Or B, they're they're just not that comfortable, like a Jordan One, for example, right? And like that everyday kind of hype sneaker that goes with everything was kind of missing, I think, in my collection. But now I feel like I have it. Like this pair right here, seven hundred V three, uh, V two, sorry, in this cream colorway, man. This this is just a very dope shoe. So very happy to cop this for personal. Um, the other one, okay. So I was supposed to get another sneaker, okay. And this is, you mentioned earlier, you had a W that turned into an L. Well, the same experience. I also had it this week. So the Supreme Dunks. So oh, these, these actually drop? drop. 
they dropped two weeks ago. So they dropped the week, uh, like the first or second week of March. Uh, and okay. I did manage to cop it. So uh, I was I was like just refreshing the Supreme website for 20 minutes. And at like approximately 12, 20 or so, I managed to cop it. I got the confirmed, uh, the order confirmation email. So, I, you know, when you get an order confirmation email, that usually means, yeah, the win is secured. You have Definitely. your W, right? The money came out of my account and everything. And then, like, I noticed, like, like six days have passed, seven days have passed. I've got no shipping email, like nothing, right? And uh, I'm starting that's to see- also, a- That's still normal for Supreme. Sometimes yeah, that, Supreme exactly. Slow. So I, I was like, whatever, like, the money is out of my account. Like, I'm like, this is, this is, this, I'm golden. Then I'm starting to see a lot of people hit me up on Instagram saying, hey, uh, have you got your Supreme Dunks? Have you got your Supreme Dunks? And, and a lot of people were saying that they're- uh, the amount of money that came out of their accounts was now being like put back on, like oh, basically no. refunded. And then I looked at my account the next day and I got the refund too. So damn man, Supreme, how did you, how could you do that to us? It, just, it didn't just happen to me. It looks like it happened to a lot of people. Like I, like almost everyone I know who got a W on the shoe ended up actually getting a W, which is now an L just like me. So this is like Supreme. If you guys are listening, man, this is like, really rough what you guys did to us you gave us hope you had me like you know i was like yes man supreme dunks but and and then you, you just take it away with no explanation just like refund me nothing I no not, have not a, even a cancellation email i have a similar um story it's also supreme except mine went one step further i got you know it was a i think it was like a come de garçon um box logo hoodie or something like that i i like one of the most hyped pieces of that season. It was like a couple of years ago. I got it. I got the confirmation. I got the shipping confirmation. Oof. I got the tracking. The package arrives. And you know how it usually Supreme packages, they arrive in like those plastic bags. Yeah. Um, this one arrived in a box with the tracking with the like FedEx or UPS um sheet that was stuck on the plastic bag cut out and stuck onto the box so i was like hmm this is a little fishy like it looked like somebody had basically ripped open the plastic bag and stuck the plastic bag onto a box and put the stuff into the box so i was like hmm okay and the box was a little small too to be holding a hoodie open (laughs) the box i had also bought um uh, boxers as well supreme boxers in the same order um no hoodie just boxers money out of my account the mailman stole my hoodie. No straight way, up, man. Straight up. Somebody no stole my hoodie. No way. Seriously? 100%. So it took me, it took me about two months of like calls and emails to get my money back from Supreme because they don't do their own customer service, right? Supreme doesn't do customer service. They have like an agency who does it. And getting on the phone was a nightmare. In the end, I got my money back. <laughs> But that was like the biggest like W turns to L story of my life. <laughs> no, that's horrible, man. That's horrible. Yeah. Like, w- w- which carrier was that? UPS? Oh, I, I, maybe DHL or something like that. Oh, it was put them on London. blast, man. DHL. I mean, they've been, they've been good to me there. in the past, but like, I, I have no idea. Like, it could have been anyone, you know, it could have been a truck driver. It could have been when it was lying around, somebody just ripped it open because Supreme now, like, is super famous and i guess people if they see the label like oh there's something good in there damn Um, man that that's yeah that that sucks yeah that that, that's that's worse than my story (laughs) yeah i mean yeah in the end we both got our money back so i think yeah yeah, it's just it's a little bit of an l but not the biggest l i would say (laughs) yeah that yeah well i mean 
Supreme, man, you guys need to get your shit together though, for real. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get into uh, let's get into some news. Not a lot of a big sneaker news, by the way. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, the biggest news that I could see was a potential collab between New Balance and uh, Stone Island. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, I think the news broke a few days ago, or maybe it was like th- uh, Thursday or Friday last week. Um, but it was everywhere, and I think they haven't. As far as I understand, they haven't announced an actual shoe yet. They haven't, you know, announced anything except for that Stone Island and New Balance will be collaborating for the next few years. I don't know how many years it is, but it it said like a multi-year agreement, which I find really interesting because New Balance for the last, what, 18 months, almost two years now has had the best collaboration strategy in the industry, right? For sure. And they have picked great partners at all levels from all sorts of communities and niches and subcultures. They've got stray rats. They've got bodega. They've got, you know, they basically got everyone um, who is worth collaborating with. They've got Ronnie Feig. They've got Aim Leon Dor. Um, and now they have Stone Island, which to me is a, a totally new market for sneakers because Stone Island doesn't really make sneakers, right? They make coats, they make hype jackets, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it and interested. I'm not sure what kind of shoe will come out of it, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, well, new balance collabs recently have not just been shoes, right? Like they released a lot of apparel too. Like they've done with the Emily on door collabs. Uh, I'm willing to guess we're going to see some more kind of military inspired type of clothing. Like a lot of stone Island stuff is like very, like there's a lot of you can tell a lot of military influence there and i know that they use i know stone island uses this material which i forget the name but it's apparently like the toughest material in the world and and they like use it stop nylon yeah something like that uh, yeah no th- there's like a name for it like i i, I, I forget what it, what it is but oh i know which one you mean but i uh it's on the tip of my tongue it's something there's like a z or a y in it in the name yeah it's like it's like i think it's like di- dynamic or dynamic dynamic or something like that anyways <laughs> something like, like that th- th- that material is like uh, stone island's kind of famous for using that material in their clothes so i'm wondering if like we'll probably see that used in shoes it might be like the the most toughest most durable shoe of all time <laughs> you Something know like that. I, I can see them doing like a um what i was thinking is like a lot of their collaborators have brought out a pack of shoes right like a heritage shoe like the 992 or the 991 alongside a newer model like the 327 or even like a, a running shoe or a, a trail running shoe so i can see new balance maybe mixing the materials like you said and using those like really hardcore durable materials on a trail running shoe um that you know that like an existing new balance trail running shoe and then even maybe switching up the materials on like a 991 for example um which i would find really really dope or some of their really cool colors as well like they're known for having like bright yellows pinks blues all that kind of stuff um i I would find that so yeah i'm excited definitely i think everyone can tell (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 a very kind of interesting uh, partner choice too for New Balance. They've generally collabed with uh, like brands that just simply aren't as big as Stone Island. Whereas this one, this is like a legacy brand we're talking about, like one of the biggest like streetwear brands in the world. You know, and mm-hmm. a long term collaboration between the two. It's very interesting. So I'm I'm 
definitely hyped to see what the first one is. New Balance also like they they announced like a or they didn't announce, but there was like a leaked image of a Bape collab, right, on the 2002R. Yeah. So it looks like at least so far in 2021, the New Balance's strategy of collabs has kind of shifted from like the more smaller names to some of the bigger brands, the big uh, legacy streetwear brands. So uh, yeah, well, we'll see uh, if this, maybe this was just part of the strategy all along, like start small and go big. Yeah, uh, I feel yeah. like also a lot of brands are approaching them now too. Uh, like in the beginning, maybe they were kind of carving out these carving out like niches with these smaller brands and, and both the smaller brand and new balance were helping each other kind of, you know, hit the limelight and make it a little bit bigger. Um, and now that they've had such a successful collaboration strategy, bigger brands are like, yo, we want a piece of that. We want a piece of that hype of that popularity. So I, I can very well see that, you know, a stone Island, um, has come to new balance and said, yo, we want to do shoe with you rather than the other way around. Which yeah, really cool. yeah, I'm I'm thinking that too. So um, speaking of collaborations, um, our big topic of the day or of the week, I guess, is collaboration strategies. Why are collaborations so popular, and what is a successful collaboration? So, I mean, Josh, what is what is a successful collaboration to you? <laughs> to me, I mean, okay, so first of all, collabs, right? Like, there's it seems like there's one every week now. It seems like every brand is doing it. And I guess like we can talk about it from like a consumer point of view first. Like it's, it's almost like uh, for me, I feel like um, there's like this idea out there that if a sneaker is not a collab, it's just not worthy of my attention or it's, or it's, uh, it's just not as hype. It's just not as cool. You just don't have as much clout. If you have a sneaker, if you own a sneaker, that's not a collab. And I feel like that's kind of permeated the sneaker culture in a way. Like, uh, like collabs have been like the buzzword, you know. Like it's not just, not just the buzzword, but but it's kind of like the thing, you know. Like it, like you have to have a lot of collabs, otherwise your brand is meaningless. Like at, at least that's kind of the feeling I get as a consumer. Um, like, what do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I think I, I definitely agree. I think collabs are super important and they do bring a certain level of prestige and status, A, to the brand, uh, B, to the collaborator, but also C, towards uh, consumer facing. A lot of consumers, like you said, will say, why would I buy a normal ultra boost when I can get a collaborative ultra boost that, you know, is limited and a special colorway? which are two you know, things that make collaboration special, that they're usually more limited than general release, and they use materials or colorways that you might not get on a general release. Um, so I, I can definitely see that side of it, but I think it's also kind of, I forget who this, who said this, it was like a former colleague of mine said, you know, if you're a sneakerhead who only wears collabs, you're not a real sneakerhead. And, you know, that's like a big statement, I know. Um, but I, I think it kind of has to do with the fact that if you dig the collaboration shoe, there's a reason for it. And obviously it might be the special colorway and stuff like that, but it also is because you actually like the shoe and the shoe was a general release before it was a collaboration. So there's some appreciation for the general release. Um, and obviously, I mean, you know, you have 990s as well. I mean, I have 990s. The, the, those are not collab shoes. I mean, sure, they have been collaborated on, but the the simple gray ones that I'm talking about, those are iconic in their own right. And those are probably just as hyped as 
some collaborations, you know, from other brands. So I think collaborations definitely add something special to the whole mix, but um, I wouldn't say that they're kind of like the be all and end all of sneaker culture, maybe hype culture, but not sneaker culture in a whole. So like, what, what about, so like, let's maybe talk about it from like a brand point of view. So why would a brand want to collab? First of all, I think it's kind of, I mean, I always take new balance as a, um, as an example because they've just done it so well. Right. But I think a brand will collaborate with other smaller brands or creatives or artists or musicians because they want a piece of their fandom or their, their fans. Right. And for example, uh, Ronnie Feig, there's a specific type of sneakerhead who is a Ronnie Feig fan, a Kith fan who, who follows Kith religiously and wants all of their drops. And so when New Balance taps Ronnie Feig or Kith, it's because they know that they're going to be speaking to their consumers and their audience through that collaboration. Um, maybe Kith isn't the best example because it's so big already, but uh, a Stray Rats, for example, or an Aim Leon Door they have a very specific niche audience and the bigger brand knows that they speak to that audience through the collaboration. And then on the other side, the collaboration brand, so the smaller brand or the creative will be tapping the bigger brand because they have a bigger supply chain, um, more resources, uh, more access to materials or machinery to kind of make these creatives visions and dreams come true. So it's, it's, it's a win-win, which, you know, leads us to the next point, which is why collaborate? And it needs to be a win-win for both sides, in my opinion. I don't think I can name a single collaboration that is that goes down as a successful collaboration if only one side is winning, because it always feels like something's off. You know what I mean? For sure, for sure. I know exactly what you mean. Like, like we're talking about why collabs happen. And I, I totally agree with what you said, which is uh, in a lot of cases, uh, it it has to be like mutually uh, beneficial, right? Exactly. So for, for like uh, the smaller company. So, I mean, let's do an example for like, you mentioned Stray Rats, right? Like uh, Stray Rats collabing with New Balance. Uh, it puts their kind of ideas, their kind of designs on a world stage, you know? And so not just their little niche uh, group of uh, Stray Rats enthusiasts, you know, like uh, a lot of people get to see what Stray Rats is capable of. And uh, meanwhile, uh, New Balance, they get uh, this added bit of creativity applied to their sneakers. Maybe they don't have that level of creativity in-house so they get like a brand new take, a brand new design put on their shoes, right? So like that's that's like a good example of like a great collab. Um, I think some I, I'm kind of going off point here, but uh, I, I was I was kind of interested like how do some collabs happen where one of the collabers have never worked on a sneaker before? Like like how like for example like Nike they collab with a lot of brands that have never made sneakers before, like. For example, Ambush or the recently released uh, ready-made uh, blazer. Like the the guy he, he had ne- the the founder of ready-made, he had never worked on a sneaker before in his life. Uh, uh, also, like I believe Sakai. I don't think Sakai ever made a shoe before. So, like like how do these kind of collabs happen? How do how does Nike know? Okay, like these guys, they've never worked on a shoe, but I, we want to work with them. I mean, it's, it it comes down to kind of creativity and, and vision and aesthetic, right? So um an audience so you know the audience you want to tap into 
you know the brand is famous for a certain aesthetic and you know that it could work with one of your shoes. I think there's two ways. So either the creative, so the, the smaller collaborative brand will work as more of a creative director and they will, um, they will talk to the brand and their in-house team of designers, color designers, you know, technology guys, all that kind of stuff. And they'll tell them what they want and what they want it to look like. And they'll do rough sketches and, and it'll kind of be a feedback session where, for example, I tell you like, this is my grand vision. I want it to look like clouds, like pink clouds in the sky. And then you come back with a sketch and you're like, what do you think about this? And it goes back and forth until you kind of, kind of sculpt it into what the vision really is. So that's one way. Um, another way is that the collaborator, you know, may have never worked on sneakers before, but they have a very clear vision of what they want to do. And that's where it helps to have existing silhouettes to work on, you know, uh, you know, like a 992 or a Stan Smith or an Air Force One. Everybody knows what they look like. Everybody knows what panels go where. And there's only so much you can do with the shoe. So if I'm coming in, then I can say, okay, I want pigskin suede here. I want this color there. I want pebbled leather here. I want, you know, stingray leather here. Um, and you can play around with it. Obviously the brand will push back if it's not possible uh, or the brand will tell you, listen, there's only so many ways you can, you know, attach a soul to the shoe. There's only so many ways you can do this. There's only so many ways you can do that. And, um, and then they'll give you options and then you work from that. So I think, um, the, the brand always retains a little more control because a it's their shoe it's you know their resources that kind of stuff um, and then the creative kind of has to work within the framework set by the brand unless of course you're a you know a Jerry Lorenzo or a Kanye West and you have crazy creativity and you actually know what you're doing from a, a technical standpoint as well and then of course you can just let loose and let them do everything really there it seems like there's also some cases where uh you mentioned these collabs happen and both parties are, are getting some kind of benefit from it uh i feel like there are some collabs however where uh the bigger brand it seems like they're using these kind of smaller brands to either generate hype for a brand new model a never before release model or also or generate hype for a model that they want to kind of retro and bring back um and like i mean i can think of some cases for example um nike does this a lot so uh, yeah. when nike released for example the uh, air max 270 it was a brand new model what do they do they get travis scott to do a collab on it right like um I personally don't see what the benefit there is for Travis Scott. And actually Nike is also, or Jordan brand has done that with the Jordan 33, I believe they got mm -hmm. Travis Scott to collab on the Jordan 33. Like yeah. what is, what is Travis Scott's, what does he have to do with basketball sneakers? First of all, uh, like the, these are the, these are kind of um, the collabs where I feel like it's just uh, one brand in this case, Nike kind of just clout chasing and uh, trying to get as much firepower behind a model that's maybe dead or or just is brand new. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's a really good point. I think in, in that case or in that specific case, it's probably, I, I obviously don't know, but it's probably somewhere in the contract that it's like, okay, Travis, you're going to get like six iconic Air Jordans, but in exchange, you're going to push your, your colorways 
on to these newer silhouettes that we want to push because then yes obviously it creates hype for the general release versions that follow because then they'll release a colorway that's quite similar but not really the exact replica and then people will be like oh that one looks just like the one i couldn't get so i'll buy that one you know that that's all marketing of course um but i think generally uh there is a benefit to both sides especially when it's say a retailer for example collaborating with a brand on a shoe that hasn't been released yet or something that they want to push like an older release that they're bringing back because it, you know, it gives the retailer a little bit of clout to say like, Hey, we're one of only five people to work on the silhouette for Adidas or Nike or New Balance or Asics. Um, so, you know, generally it is pretty a uh, win-win. And I think uh, the win in Travis's case is literally just collecting the bag and making a shit ton of money. <laughs> Right. Yeah. No. For okay. I guess that that make that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I mean, he's a walking billboard, right? Like, I mean, he's done stuff with uh, what was it, McDonald's? He does stuff with everyone and makes them a lot of money and makes himself a lot of money. So, while he's obviously a huge name in the industry, I also doubt that he's doing much collaborating. Really, he's just slapping his name on it. I feel like, well, I mentioned Nike. Nike, I feel when they're bringing back models or releasing a brand new model, they do this, uh, I call it cloud chasing. They kind of do that a bit too much, I feel. Uh, whereas there are some other brands like New Balance who just seem very organic with it. Like last year we had like, was it last year? I think it was last year the 327s released, right? And the first ever colorway was uh, the, was the uh, Casablanca. Casablanca one, Casablanca one right? And uh, I mean, Casablanca, definitely a pretty well-known brand in the, in the high fashion, um, but it was an interesting choice to release a model that was going to end up being one of the most generally released models from New Balance last year. And that colorway, everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. A lot of people who had never heard of Casablanca now heard about the brand. Um, and, uh, and also the 327, like it put that in everyone's face, like, wow, this is like a great shoe. And it looks so good with these like simple, but like really nice colorways, nice leather quality, whatnot. Uh, and New Balance has also done that when they brought back the, the 992s, they brought the hype back and they, they really brought it back, but, and they did that with like some really well executed and very well uh, selected collabs on the 992. I, I know we're talking about New Balance a lot, but like clearly, I, we both feel they are probably the best at this collab thing right Definitely. now. I mean, the last two years, like like we both said, if you're, yeah, if you're doing collaborations, you want to do them like New Balance. You know, generally, I'm not saying that New Balance had all of the best shoes. There's been some great collaborations from Adidas, from Asics, uh, from from all brands, right? But uh, just if you're looking at it all in terms of one big strategy, you want to do it just like New Balance if you want success. So speaking of success, right? Like let's let's kind of end off this collab thing on like what what would you say is a successful collab? How do you determine a collab is successful? Is it as simple as just going on StockX, looking at what the resale prices are? Or think, uh, what else is there to it? Uh, I mean, it's really, it really all of these questions, it really depends on who is answering them, right? Like a success for, for a consumer is if you get it and you're one of few people who has it, right? That's, that's a success. A success for the brand is there's obviously financial success. If they sell out, if they sell enough, um, then there's obviously, uh, you know, if people are 
Resale value is obviously another factor that brands and retailers and everyone looks at, right, to determine how valuable and good the product is. But I would say, like, without sounding too cliche or cheesy, I think like a successful collaboration is when you can see both brands in the shoe and it doesn't seem forced if it's organic and if there's an audience there to appreciate it. I think there's nothing worse than a shoe that has no one, like nobody's really wearing it either because nobody wants it or because everyone just wants it to resell. And then you just never see it again because it just disappears into StockX universe. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I think three things, right? Like uh, you see both sides, it's a win-win from both and you can see both aesthetics in one shoe. Uh, And then it's organic. It doesn't seem forced and people actually wear the shoe. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you you put that really well. Uh, I, I think like of, of collab, I would deem a collab a failure if I ever see it, for example, on sale. Like like for me, like it might have been like an amazing design, but if the brand, if no one wants the shoe or if like the brand either overproduced too many pairs um, for either of those reasons, like if I, if I see a collab on sale, like in my opinion, that's a failure for the, for the collab. Like it, in the short term. Yes. But then like, sometimes I'll snag, like not sometimes, like I've done it once or twice. I'll snag a collab on sale. And then like two, three years later, I'm like, wow, I'm super glad I got this shoe because now it's like, it's definitely sold out everywhere, not sold out, but it's just gone. Cause you can't get anywhere. Yeah, no, I mean, from a consumer, it's from a consumer point of view, it's a win. Of course, you get a you get a collab on sale. Like, that's that's great. Like, oh, I I, yeah, I mean, I've got collabs on sale, too. And I think it's awesome. But like from the brand's point of view, though, like how how would it feel like you just spend all this time designing a shoe and then you see it on the sale rack? You know, like it's it's yeah, that's that's definitely a failure. Um, Yeah, I mean, but but yeah, I think you you said that really well uh, from all sides, the consumer side, the brand side what defines a successful collab. And by the way, guys, uh, for everyone listening, uh, this whole topic on collabs, uh, um, uh, Fabian has actually written an entire piece about this on High Snobiety. And if you guys don't already know, Fabian is the uh, sports editor over at High Snobiety. He writes almost, I, I believe, all the sneaker content there. Like I, I have uh, Jonathan, shout out Jonathan. I don't, I don't think Jonathan listens to my podcast, but he, he works in the US and he writes some of the sneaker stuff, but I would say like around 90% of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you guys have heard of Ice Nobody. If you've read any sneaker content on there, very good chance. Fabian wrote it. So uh, we will probably leave that in the show notes, right? Like the link to your article. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, it's kind of, so it, it's basically what we talked about today, plus some really, really great insight from, I think, five or six creatives and brands in the industry on why they collaborate and what they think is a successful collaboration. And they've been doing it way longer than, you know, I've been writing about sneakers. So definitely, if, if you found this discussion interesting, give it a read because their insight is just on another level. Yeah, for sure. That was a really, really good article. Definitely leave that in the show notes. All right. So, so that was definitely the big topic for this week. Let's uh, finally get into the big sneakers, the big drops coming in the upcoming two weeks. And maybe big is a bit of a overstatement. Uh, There's not, doesn't seem like there's a whole lot dropping. Uh, I have a couple here. So we got Air Max day on uh, March the 26th. And it seems like the biggest drop that day is going to be the retro of the Air Max 90 Bacon. Yep. Uh, one of the 
if not the most iconic uh, Air Max 90 of all time. Uh, I don't. Sizzling hot. Yeah, hot. super. Yeah, come on. Like this. Like, I, I don't think personally there's a, been a better colorway uh, on a on an Air Max 90. Uh, my favorite Air Max 90 personally would probably be the off-white one, though. I just, I, I don't, not so much for the colorway, just like the overall design I thought was pretty, pretty dope. Uh, but in terms of just colorways, like this one has got to be probably the best one. And longtime fans of the Air Max model, like they have definitely circled this day on the calendar. Uh, so that seems to be the big drop on Air Max day. And the other big one, I guess, is uh, so we're going to be finally getting more colorways of the uh, Adidas uh, foam runners. So the foam runners seem to be dropping this weekend, at least on Yeezy Mafia. It seems to be dropping. I, I, I haven't seen any news about it from any European retailers yet. But the way we saw the uh, the 420, was it the 420 that just dropped? The, 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 no, the 450. The 450. Yeah, man, I get confused. 420 is coming up soon, though. Oh, true. 420 <laughs> is coming up. <laughs> yeah, I get confused with all these numbers, man. Uh, but um, the 450, like the way they released that one, there was like no news about it at all. And then like suddenly like on one day, all these retailers suddenly had like 15-minute raffles or like 30-minute raffles. It kind of just came up out of nowhere. So yeah, ridiculous. So it so Adidas is definitely switching up the strategy there. So we might we might see something similar for the foam runners. I'm not seeing any news from any European retailers right now that they're gonna have the pair, but we'll see. Like closer we get to release date, we might see another bunch of raffles dropping. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm excited. Like I I definitely want a pair of those. Like I really really want it. Th- those are so fire. I don't I know everyone's calling it the Easy Crocs, but they it's are good. fire. No, it's a good shoe. It's a good shoe. I think. Uh... It, the first colorway probably will be hard to beat. It was like that kind of like eggshell white. Um, but I will definitely try and get myself a pair because summer's coming up and I'm going to need something to, you know, just lounge in. When, yeah, when perfect, perfect lounging shoe. Yeah, no, but I, I have one more shoe, um, which is also something that hasn't really been officially announced yet. But the Alele May um, Air Jordan 1, the Zoom Comforts, Oh, uh, I didn't I didn't hear about this one. Yeah, so they're the they're like a Dallas Mavericks colorway. They're like blue and green, like a navy blue and a dark green. Um they were leaked, I think like product pictures, like official ones were leaked uh last month and then rumors pointed to like March 24th release, but uh I don't think that's going to happen now because obviously it's March what what do we have today? March 22nd. So there's been zero news about it. Um, but I could see them dropping in early April at some point. Um, and I don't, I don't like the Air Jordan 1 Zoom Comfort, but I have to say these ones, I kind of like the colorway. I like the you blue do? And green. And I, I know, I know you're, yeah, you're grimacing right now. I know. Yeah, and- I'm looking at this picture right now and I'm like, oh my God, man, this colorway this this dude I, I i can see them like i can see them looking good the th- problem is i can see them looking good on someone else i don't see them looking good on me but i just like them as a as a item an object so i'm not i'm not i might not cop them but i do like them so and they might be coming up in the next two to three weeks so we'll see uh is, is this really like dallas mavericks inspired or or like no no no, no, the... no it's it's not dallas mavericks inspired um i think it's inspired by uh Cala, I'm going to say this wrong or pronounce it wrong, but Califia or Califia. It's uh, this um, fictional black queen from the island of California. And uh, there's some inspiration there, apparently. 
Um, but it does look like a Dallas Mavericks like OG uniform, which is why I've kind of nicknamed it the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, no, it definitely definitely looks like the Dallas Mavericks shoes. Um, I, I actually do like this model, the car, the Zoom Comfort, because I've worn it and in my opinion, it's definitely significantly more comfortable than a regular Jordan one. Uh, so it's perfect for like, if you're going to be walking around all day, it's way more comfortable than a regular Jordan one. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not, I can't wear this colorway, man. This, you're you're going to give it a pass. This is a hard pass. This is like, like a Luka Doncic, like half yeah. court pass. Like I'm not, I'm, I mean, but like, this is coming from the guy who's got like the ugly duckling dunk lows, right? Like, you know, the, the, the orange one, the orange and black one, the, the green what? and purple one. You know, You're not like, messing with those? No, nah, those man. are so ugly. Those are Yo, so Yo, what? Yeah. I mean, like I said, those are shoes. They look good on other people, but if I wore them, I would look like a clown. So uh, those, those are hard pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess to each their own, man. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that pretty much you don't have any other sneakers, right? No, that's it. That's literally it. Also, probably because I haven't been on Instagram in like three weeks. So I don't really <laughs> know what's coming out. Um, but uh, I think that's for me the, the biggest one of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and no, I don't see much else either. So that pretty much wraps it up, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to the pod and for all the support we've got so far. Uh, and yeah, once again, man, please give us a uh, five star review on Apple Music, Spotify. Make sure you follow us. And uh, the next episode will be releasing uh, two weeks from now. Um, yep. And yeah, until next time, guys, take it easy. Peace out. Follow us on Instagram. I promise I'll post more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what, man? We, we, <laughs> we've been kind of slacking there. Uh, I guess we've both just been on holiday, man. So we, uh, yeah, in Instagram, Instagram game is going to be stepped up, no doubt. For sure. See you guys. All right, guys. Ciao.